sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, Team Sports Radio listeners. I am Erica Salda, the queen of team. Thank you for stopping by today. Um, it's been, every day is just a beautiful day here in Santa Barbara. We're so blessed. In the house today, we have Anthony Rodriguez, Dr. Amy Salzman, Don Sanders, Dominique Hackett, and of course, our producer, Richard Dugan. And thank you for all the new commercials that you're knocking out of the park uh, Dr. D, I've got another one here for you that we're going to surprise him. And it's somebody that I've known for like over 20 years. And uh, Dominique, probably once every two weeks, um, we go visit him. And it's this little flower stand, right? Everybody's probably is aware and knows about it. But it's this little flower stand right outside of Santa Cruz Market in Old Town Galita. Old Town Galita. Monica's flowers, okay, and what a he's such a good spirit, good soul, and such a he's super, super, super nice. So, if anybody needs flowers this week, uh, check it out. And then, what we also did is we grabbed dinner. There is this food coach in the parking lot uh, now, a, a taco uh, food uh, truck, yeah, a taco truck. And I was um, right outside of Santa Cruz Market, and it was delightful. I was so happy because, you know, those things are touch and go. Every time I drive by, we always see people outside of it. But, you know, that's just a good call for somebody who um, hasn't checked it out. And if you especially like fish because their thing is on the ceviche and the shrimp and the fish. But two thumbs up. Um, for Shouts that. out to our community. Yes. Yay. Yes. And especially in this time of COVID, you want to get back out there. You might want to do it in a slow way. Um, so, yeah, it was excellent. Good, good, good chatter right there. Uh, let's do this. Dominique, you said you wanted to start. Yeah, I have a quick, funny story. So for all of our teens who are new drivers, um, I, I remember some of the first times that I had to go and get gasoline all by myself. And, um, it's, it's kind of a weird, scary experience because gasoline is flammable and you're, you're putting something flammable into your vehicle. Well, if you look at the gas pumps, they are set now to do something that they didn't used to do in the old days. If you accidentally leave the gas pump nozzle in your gas tank and you're sitting in your car and you realize, you know, okay, it's clicked, it's done, and you forget to take it out and you drive off. Um, we actually saw this just the other day. I want to let you know what happens. There is a detachable component where the hose literally detaches and, and it doesn't cause an explosion. It's not a, you know, super dangerous thing. That attachment is able to reattach. It wasn't like that in the old days. But I just want to let you know, for teens who've never gone to get gas all by themselves, it's quite a different experience than when I was a kid. Um, there's a lot more safety in, involved there, and and everybody was okay when when we watched this fellow do this. Well, you got somebody who coached for 28 years screaming out the window, yeah! <laughs> so, <laughs> so he stopped, right? And he was a kid, so he gets out, and it's funny that he like didn't know what to do. He's completely scrambled, total pago. Look, it's okay, it's okay. I said, believe it or not, 30 years ago I did that. Okay, <laughs> except I went down a street for a long time, and I was wondering. In my rear view why people are running after me okay so i went a lot farther okay so at the end of the day uh the cutest thing about him though is because he had a touch
catch all that stuff. And then he's, his hands was up like this, like Edward Caesar hands. I go, is your hand okay? He goes, no, it's dirty. <laughs> it was adorable. I was like, that's when you want the Purell. I said, I didn't have any wipes or anything in the car. I'm so sorry. But yeah, he was just a kid and new driver. And, um, you know, he owned it. You know, he went in the front and then they and all came the out. Guy, talked and to the guy. It, it reattaches. It reattaches. It's, it's fine. It's okay. So yeah, so yeah, that was, that was our teen experience. Um, but I want to remind everyone, when you're getting gas, it's really important. Don't be on your phone. Have your car turned off. Don't have your phone out there with you. You don't want anything with an electrical charge next to you while you're pumping gas. And this way, you're totally focused on pumping your gas. You finish up, and then before you leave the gas station, look in your rearview mirrors and double-check. Did I close the tank? So I I know it seems strange to talk about these things, but um, everyone needs a re-reminder. All right, Anthony, tell the truth. Did you ever leave, you know, the, the, the spout in the tank and drive away? Come on, tell the truth. Actually, no, thank goodness. Oh, <laughs> I thought you would for sure be another one because it's a club. I'm starting a club. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. All right. No. All right, so, Anthony, what do, what do you want to talk about today? This is just the intro, but when, when it comes back around to you, what do you want to talk about today? Give us a little teaser. Uh, well, we'll be talking about since uh, September is National Preparedness Month. We're going to be talking about preparedness. And also, we got the great shakeout coming up in October. So we'll be talking nice. a little bit about that. All right. Beautiful. Don, what, what, what kind of love are you going to add to the show today? Well, you got me thinking about gasoline stories now. So back, <laughs> back, in, back in 1972, I was working for the oldest florist in uh, Palo Alto up north delivering flowers and a bunch of buddies got on in a gas station. So I went over there and it was during the energy crisis. So you could only come on odd and even days, depending on the numbers on your license plate and so on. And so we'd be sitting there doing nothing, twiddling our thumbs and all of a sudden it would just be a line down the block. So one time I left, I left the pump in the car as it was going to drive away. Yeah. You're part of the club. I love it. And another gasoline, quick gasoline story. I was just in Colorado. We were leaving. There was a no-name gas station, no logos, anything. We started pumping. There was a river ran by. We were standing up on a rock looking at five deer across the river. And all of a sudden, we heard this The shutoff on the pump didn't work. And it was pouring gas back out onto the Oh, no. Yeah. So good thing. That's that's not good. (laughs) Good thing nobody had any flammable devices in the area. Yes. Or smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't mention names at a gas station because they had no identification on the, you know, no logo, no identification. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right real fast because I was like the, a little bit of a prankster back in my youth, right? And I used to love this. They used to have those fake cigarettes that actually emitted smoke, right? But they're fake. And I used to love to put one of those fake cigarettes on April Fool's and then uh, fill up my gas tank. No. <laughs> I used to do that. No. It's a joke. It's April Fool's. <laughs> you know, so I get people like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, no, it's fun. No, it's stupid. But, yeah. Okay. You had to be there. And that was funny back then. Today, that might not be <laughs> funny. funny. <laughs> Comedy has changed. Okay. But I assure you, back then, it was a scream. Okay. All right. Dr. Amy, what are, you, what are we going to touch on today? You could just well, pick anything um, you want. Dominique said she's going to talk about friendship. So after she talks about friendship, I'm going to riff on whatever she says. 
I love, I love that. It. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. All right. Let's, we got a powerful show today. Let's get to it. Wheels up. We'll be back right after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Hey, everybody. This is Anthony Rodriguez, and I am the Operations and Disaster Services Specialist for the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County. And I'm bringing some disaster preparedness tips for you since we're coming up to September is National Preparedness Month. And also we got October, which is the Great Shakeout. The Great Shakeout is one of the largest drills that is done on 10-21, this year will be 10-21-21. Wow, God, time's flying by. But it's one of the uh, biggest earthquake drills in the nation. And so I'm hoping that you guys will <clears throat> learn some skills or get some tips on how to prepare, survive, and recover after an earthquake or during an earthquake. So one of the things that we wanted to always talk about, and it's usually step number one, you want to go ahead and take a look around your house and like do a hazard hunt and take a look and think about what can fall on you. What can hurt you? Uh, what will move? Cause you know, as you know, when the earthquake starts shaking, almost anything can move, even large items or heavy items. So imagine your home or workplace being picked up and shaken sideways. Well, that's what can happen. So you want to take a look and see how you can prevent things from falling and hurting yourself. In uh, the Northridge earthquake in 1994, 55% of the injuries during this earthquake were caused by falling furniture and objects. So imagine, much of this damage and injury could have been pre prevented in advance through simple actions. And those simple actions are pretty basic. Start by moving furniture such as bookcases away from beds, sofas, or maybe other places where people like to hang out, sleep, or spend a lot of time. Move heavy objects onto the lower shelves so they won't tip over. Other things you can do is securing items like televisions, computers, bookcases, and strapping water heaters. Now, water heaters are going to be a big, big deal when there's no water coming through those pipes. What you can do is you can actually use that uh, water in the water heater as a backup for you to be able to have um, water to drink. You know, you, you have to be aware of what you got around you um, and use, you know, you got to think outside the box, like they say. And there's other, another location where you can get water is the toilet. Now, not the toilet bowl. You got to get the toilet reserve. And, you know, there's steps that you can do to sanitize that water. But remember, always be ready to do the basics and things that you could do at no cost again is move heavy or large items to the floor or low shelves. Move things that can fall, away fall on you away from where you spend a lot of time and move heavy or unstable objects away from doors, especially escape routes. Other low cost things you can do is buy things to secure your water heater, furniture, mirrors, computers, and small objects and cabinets. So um, also too, if you would like to uh, join the food bank in uh, the drill, we will be doing the shakeout drill. Uh, if you'd like to join us, you can go ahead and reach me at a Rodriguez at foodbanksbc.org and let me know that you want to um, attend the drill and we'll be doing it Zoom and I'll be doing it live 
And um, yeah, that's the best thing you can do. You can do the drop cover and hold on. So again, this is Anthony Rodriguez with the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County. And thank you guys for your support. That is so awesome, Anthony. You know, I was thinking when our teens visit their grandparents and so forth, it'd be really good for them to look around their grandparents' house Mm -hmm. and notice where there is something that is not safe. Because quite frequently, grandparents are accumulating, you know, glassware and just beautiful things that they've accumulated over their lifetime. And if the teens can keep that in their mind to look out for their grandparents' earthquake safety and suggest to, you know, rearrange the shelves or maybe move a bookcase or something, that would be a really great benefit to their grandparents to do that. Yeah. And it's in it. You can also get that putty at, you know, at many different locations and just put the putty under, you know, things that, that can tip over like glass items, um, cups, you know, cupboards. There's a lot of things that you can purchase with a very low cost um, to be able to, to eliminate those hazards. And that's what you want to do before the actual earthquake happens or the a fire. I mean, there's so many things that can happen, um, especially with the earthquakes. It's not just an earthquake. It ends up as a fire, something explodes. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, infrastructure that's damaged. You know, we lose water, we lose electricity. So those are a lot of things that fall into play after an earthquake. And we have our aftershocks. Um, you know, so we have to give, you know, we have to be ready to prepare and respond and recover. And it's yeah, it's amazing that putty at the, on the bottom of, you know, a vase or something that's sitting on your bookshelf. It is really a great benefit to put that on there and make sure that that's not going to move. It, it's yeah. really helpful and easy to do. Easy for teens to do. And strapped. I was shocked. We did this. You've done this before, Anthony. And a year ago, I went through the whole house. Nothing was strapped. So I thank you for that because my water uh, heater wasn't strapped and all these things need to be strapped. You know, furnace, all that kind of stuff wasn't secure. Well, and, there wasn't, you know, and I'm glad that you did that because if, one, if that falls down, that's just like a, a torpedo. Exactly. You know? it, it, it's, it's very dangerous. So yep. um, we really have to be looking out for each other and help each other out. And, you know, yeah. what better way? Have fun with it. Do a hazard hunt, you know, see who can find yep. the most hazards and fix them. Yeah, when you did this last year, I remember all the co-hosts that we had, and hopefully we're going to be getting um, a new um, uh, class soon. I'm, I'm looking at a couple of them, but I remember when you did this last year, they all um, took care of their bedrooms because um, some of our uh, teen um, co-hosts had shelves under on, on top of like their their bed and they had shelves over their bed you know with all their trophies and stuff like that and so they knew to get rid of all that move things around and, and be uh, safe yeah. definitely mm-hmm. and make sure you always have that emergency exit you can escape from your home if needed so just always keep that in mind don't put anything in in, in the way of your exits right. yeah yeah and i've started a habit of taking my um, laptop and my iPad and at night when I go to sleep, I literally store them in a bag because if I had to leave in the middle of, of the night or something, I would be able to just grab them and run out the door. So that's, so that's where I store them so that they're uh, recharging. I literally recharge them in their bag. Um, and I've seen a lot of backpacks like that. I have a student, uh, uh, one of my children is up in Washington, and we had an earthquake conversation where I explained to him, look, if an earthquake happens on the West Coast, 
call my brother back east because it may be easier to reach him than it will be to reach me. And so we literally had an earthquake conversation um, because you you never know when we might lose communication and lose power. And you want your loved ones to know, you know, what's the plan? How are you going to check in? Who's going to, you know, who's going to do what? So right. this is all Remember, text and text, then call, because text is a text will always continue to try to go through a call will not. So yes. and then also to text uses less of, of um, you know, energy or however you want to call it, but it's, it's less. And so text will go through um, phone calls will not make sure you have that one point of contact. That's going to be your hub. Then that one person will communicate with everybody. So communicate with the whole thing that's preparedness. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So it's not just in our own household, but we actually have to talk about earthquake preparedness with our whole family, even our extended family who might be living in other states. Absolutely. So they know that when everybody's calling them, they won't be like, why are you calling me? You know, so they'll be be ready to to inform the family, uh, you know, with the important information. So that's really, really important. That, yeah. that you have that stuff in a bag. Just don't forget to put a flashlight in there and some make sure you have sturdy shoes. Um, right next to your bed as well. So if the ground starts to shake, you'll be able to get out without hurting your feet. Yeah, yeah. Richard, do you talk at all? Hi there. Uh, with your Braille students and life skills about earthquake preparedness? Yes. Um, so actually, for the very first time, um, I'll be teaching an emergency preparedness four series workshop. Um, actually, Anthony, I'm hoping I can maybe talk with you at some point. Maybe you can get something like that. Um, yes. Oh, I love that collaboration, Braille and yeah. food bank. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we do a lot of that. I'm, I have to say I'm a little hesitant about teaching it because being from the East Coast, I have zero experience with earthquakes and have never <laughs> even gone through one myself. So it's a whole new way of thinking that I'm... I'm very not aware of. So it's it's great to to continue to learn and learn as I'm teaching and so on and so forth. Yeah, so no, Richard, absolutely. We can that, definitely I can actually help you out with that. That's not a problem. So that's what great. we're also here to do, you know. Um not just me help um the food bank, but um I'm at, you know, our agency other agencies um disposal if you want to learn how to be prepared. So I can go to your facility wherever you would like. We could do it through Zoom. I'm happy to teach any of the classes that you oh. Oh, excellent. Thank oh, you. That's thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's what, that's what I'm here for, and that's what the food bank hired me for. Wow. And that's what Team Sports Radio is here for, to build community. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. We help our kids. We help those nonprofits and businesses that support those kids, our kids, all, any kid. We're going to we're going to go global, okay? All children, okay? <laughs> so we could pass the the uh, torch to a brighter, more wiser Group of people. All right. (laughs) On that note, let's take a break. We've got Dominique Hackett right after these messages.
It's the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back. This is Teen Sports Radio. I'm Dominique Hackett. And I was going to do just a little brief review of friendship and the qualities of, of friendship and why friendship is so important, especially for teens. And um, in my experience of having friends, when I first started out as, as a young child, I would frequently uh, become attached to people that I wanted to be with, but I couldn't necessarily, um, I didn't have the tool set to understand whether they really wanted to be friends with me. And so I went through a number of what I would call friendship relationships that were uncomfortable as a kid. So then when I got into being a teen, I decided that uh, being a friend had to do with what I could do for someone else. And um, so I had a lot of people that loved to be around me. But now in my older life, I'm realizing that the quality of friendship is actually something um, very special and very unique. And that maybe at the end you know, of time, you only have a few people that really qualify as very, very close friends. So I wanted to talk about what is this about friend? And um, the first thing is when you look at the word friend, it's uh, F-R-I, and then it has E-N-D. So a friend is someone who is there th- to the end. It's someone who you can count on for their presence in your life. Regardless of what's going on, they may be a, a happy person or they may be a sad person, but there is a quality to their authentic relating to you that is there for a long time. So um, there's, a, there's a quality. Sometimes you hear fair weather friend, and then other times you, you hear about someone who's uh, a really good, solid teammate. And those are the people that you want to collect in your life. And I remember being told when I was a teenager that I could probably count my friends on one hand. Meaning, if you have five friends, you are extraordinarily wealthy in the friend department. And I didn't understand that because in high school, I was on the election committee. I was part of drill team. I was on the track team. I, I knew so many of the students in school, and I, and I had what I thought was a huge group of friends. But as life events carried on, I realized the quality that I look for now in people that I call my friends is that quality of authenticity where I can explain what's going on in my life, and the person beside me is not trying to fix me. They're just listening and being present to what's going on for me. And then maybe asking a few questions that helps me think about things. And then I can do the same for them. And so instead of uh, making friends the number of likes you have on Facebook, I just want to encourage teens to re-look at the people in your life that you're interacting with and reevaluate: are they more of an associate or are they really a, a friend? And so I thought maybe um, the other co-host could help add what are those qualities of friendship that really speak out to you and help you um, build a life that is really healthy because you're interacting with people that are truly friends. Nice. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right. So I, for me, um, friends have 
a balance of compassion for understanding how difficult it can be to be a human being, much less a teenage human being, and also a willingness to be honest with you um, if they in a constructive way, but if they find something difficult and then also a willingness to be honest with themselves and to take a look at themselves and their peace in any difficult interaction. Nice. And uh, to add to that, I also appreciated learning a difficult interaction usually doesn't last more than five minutes. It's really rare to find a human being that can hold in discussion a really angry stance for a long period of time. A lot of times, if you have a difficult interaction, it's not going to last that long. That that negative hurt feeling, once you start engaging, it dissipates really quickly. And we're so afraid of that interaction. Yet when we engage in it, 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 it smooths itself into a, a beautiful harmony that resolves like incredible music. Yeah. And yeah. I would say that there's actually a practice of mindful communication that can facilitate what you're speaking about, Dominique. So The short steps for that are if you know ahead of time or even if you find yourself in a difficult interaction, you can pause internally or you can ask the person you're speaking with for a pause and and you can take a moment and you can stop and look at your thoughts and feelings and what you want. Were you all usually fairly good at that piece? But then you the next piece is where we don't always do so well, which is to completely step out of our shoes, step into the other person's perspective and look at their thoughts and feelings and what they want. And then we can consider solutions. But it's really helpful to either if you're doing it on your own ahead of time to really let go of like your agenda and um, step into their perspective. And if you're in dialogue, you can just say, look, I want to share with you how it is for me. And then I really, really want to hear how it is for you. And I'd like to do that as constructively and respectfully as possible. It's true. That's That's really well said, Dr. Amy, because it is a ball and you got to bounce the ball back and forth. It's like passing the talking stick. It is. Really important. Right. Really, really important. We take in students, and we actually had to use the talking stick one time in the living room. um, And everybody got their two minutes. Of course, I went over the two minutes because I'm Erica. The buzzer went off. The buzzer went off, and then Dominique kept hitting the buzzer because I wasn't (laughs) finished with my thought. Okay, but... I did eventually pass it. and um, But yeah. that, that's part of the quality of friendship is creating that safe space where you can say the difficult things or have someone hear you speak to a difficult thing and, and bear witness for you. Or hear them ourselves. Or hear them ourselves. That's yeah. so beautiful. Oh, well, I know that there's going to be a layer to this that Richard Ellsworth is going to add to it because his whole thing reflects your practice, Dr. Amy. All right, Richard, and he's he's the uh, he's the guy in our the twenties. Okay, so he's just out of that teen, uh, and you're not the same person as you were back then. I wouldn't say just out of. 
<laughs> okay. Mid twenties. Okay. Mid to late. <laughs> um, a friend to me, at least based on the friends in, in my life, very often my closest friends are the ones that come and go. And it's, it's an odd sensation because the closest friendships I have are those where when I'm with that individual, there's such a close, strong connection. You can talk about anything good or bad, and it always feels natural. It always feels right because there's that baseline connection and nothing, nothing else matters. And I might go months without hearing from them or, or almost a year without seeing them. And then the moment I reconnect with them, it's just like it was the last time. So I've always attributed that quality to, to friendship or at least to, to you know, the, the best ones that, I, that I've ever had or still have today. And those are my best friends. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have best friends who also have that quality that I see every day. You know, there are certainly friends that I see every single day where you also have that immediate connection. But my point is, is that 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 connection that you have where you can truly always feel comfortable and yourself is is what I associate as being one of the defining characteristics of a strong friendship. Don, you must have some beautiful thoughts regarding friendship, too, to add on to Richard and Dr. Amy. Now, you, what you mentioned, my mom said a similar thing to what yours did, that uh, you'll have many acquaintances in life, but you can probably count your, your real friends on less than one hand. But another thing happens sometimes, uh, there's a phenomenon called an anamkara friend. I believe it's A-N-A-M-C-A-R-A, and it means a heart friend. And so... You can bond with somebody and uh, you'll feel like you've known them for many lifetimes and you're not blood relation or whatever, but it just feels like, you know, a, a very close connection. And those are the kind of people like Richard was saying that you can have gaps and times when you're not speaking and you can usually just pick up right where you left off when you get when you get back together with them. And then, you know, it's sometimes uh, people who've had if you've had a negative or reverse relation with somebody things have been troublesome sometimes you you reconnect with these people and they've held on to something for 40 or 50 years like a grudge and then it's like it's hard not to just go to empathy of like wow that is i am sorry that you have you know felt that way for so long i had that experience from somebody that i had been involved in sports with back in high school and they had they had hung on and they just like come after me on facebook and another kid intervened and said are you still holding on to that like 40 50 years later to this kid so you know the, those kind of things it's always it's always good if we have another chance to just try and encourage somebody because everybody's suffering from things and there's been so much trauma in the world especially accelerating these last couple of years if we can if we can maybe mend some fences and go back and just encourage some of those people then we create a lot of value out of that thing that was like a troublesome relationship that we maybe walked away from because we just thought, oh, I can't see eye to eye with this person. So maybe uh, after a short break, we can pick up the topic of uh, how you create friends out of people who originally might you might perceive them as an enemy. Wow. Okay, I'm going to look forward to that. Let's take a little break. This is Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. We'll be back with more after these messages. Listen in Chicago. 
are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Dominique Hackett. You are with Teen Sports Radio, and we are consider- we are continuing our conversation regarding friendship. And one of the things that I wanted to look at uh, is how someone who originally, when you're interacting with them, you may perceive them as an enemy. In other words, someone who has a different agenda than yours and maybe even an agenda that you perceive is intended to hurt you in some way or form. So that would that's someone who we would call a, a, an enemy. How do you keep that open heart connection to reevaluate that person and eventually maybe make a friend out of that person. So I had an experience in sixth grade where uh, walking home, I was, I was attacked by a bully. Uh, they, uh, three people threw things at me. There was a main person who was the main bully and um, literally uh, walked up to me and punched me. Totally uh, un, uh, unmerited. I had done, done nothing to them other than I was walking on the same side of the street as them. And after a conversation with the principal and talking to this person, I realized, talking with my parents, oh, something's up. That person really didn't mean to do all that stuff to you. You just, you ended up being, uh, you know, part of their bad day. And eventually that person became a really good friend of mine. And I learned to eat peanut butter on French toast with uh, maple syrup. And I'm so grateful for that experience because I passed on eating French toast with peanut butter and maple syrup to my children. And this all became because of someone who beat me up in sixth grade. So what I'm trying to explain is um, leave open the possibility every time you interact with someone that they may, that you may perceive them differently today. And Don spoke to that. Also, Dr. Amy, go ahead. So um, I think two, a couple things just reflecting on your story. One is we know and there's scientific research to show that the shorthand phrase is hurt people, hurt people. So people who are bullying, whether it's adults or children, tend to do it out of their own wounding. So we can have compassion for that. At the same time, I think it's really, really important to have healthy boundaries and to hold people accountable for their behavior. And so I think it's important to reconsider when a, quote, enemy can become a friend, but also to consider when it may be healthy to step away from a, quote, friend who's not treating us as a friend would treat us. So I think this gets back to being present and choosing in the moment what's healthy for me, what's healthy for them, what's healthy for the whole system. That's beautiful. And it's really important to catch those red flags. Don't just run them over or attach them to your bicycle. When your body tells you, oh, I don't like this, Really reflect on that because your body is giving you information where your boundaries have been crossed. That's that's really beautiful and very important. Well, what I did was um, I immediately spoke to my mom and then my mom immediately called the principal. And so the person who bullied me was held accountable. And in that process, 
I got to participate in in the healing of both of us from that situation. But um, there there was accountability for actions on all sides. So it was really good. Right. And ideally now we would do it in a restorative justice format. And it sounds like that was pretty advanced for that time to do it that way. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's East Coast. Is that East Coast mentality? <laughs> Don, Don, you were going to offer something. Uh, I, I just think that uh, I really like what you said about uh, when you feel like a boundary's been crossed and uh, you, that you need to do something about it. And uh, one thing on a, on a personal level, I've had to, it's taken years, but uh, I guess I'll say it like this. If there's 12 things that I'm going to do in a day, let's just use 12, then if I've gotten through nine or 10, then I don't want something to get to me and push my buttons and almost like, you know, throw dirty water on what I've accomplished already out all the way through the day. And, and uh, before I get to the end, the 12th thing or whatever, however many the day encompasses, because it's just not, it's as someone earlier said, it's just, it's just, you realize it's not worth it. I mean, you know, they know physiologically when you when you get upset, it uh, can raise your blood pressure, it can do all sorts of negative health things. You get mad enough, you can like detach your retinas a little bit and have like little flashing things outside your eyes or floaters in your eyes. It's just none of, none of it's worth it. It's like, you know, somehow, you know, express or communicate like, you know, either we should just leave this for now or um, I'm here. I'm listening. You know, uh, can we, you know, can we get through this? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dominique always tells me when I'm running a reel in my brain and it's over and over and over, it's not what I'm running in my brain. It's not that story. I mean, there's something underneath it and it's challenging to figure out why am I so heated about something that's just so ridiculous? I shouldn't be that. So it's kind of like you got to drop your ego. You've got to change the story uh, and then be, be the observer of yourself and then like in using the words enemy and you know big words like you know not 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 kind words like that so i choose not to use those kind of um words towards anybody because i don't really i i really honestly to me an enemy is if you're gonna if you're setting out to harm me physically um i mean that would then of course you're not my friend all right there you go but most people are just dealing with their own stuff well, it, and a part of why I'm bringing up the friendship thing is because, I mean, we're going through watching what's going on in Afghanistan and, and not only Afghanistan, there's other places in the world as well. And it's like, how do we hold that the beauty of relating as human beings while we're looking at very difficult situations that we don't understand? We don't understand all the issues that are involved and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. And so when we can uh, cultivate the qualities of friendship with the people that are closest to us and around us and really understand those qualities of friendship and then encourage our communities to be friendly and encourage our state to be friendly and encourage our country to be friendly. We're cultivating those qualities that lead to the longevity and enjoyment of human life. It's true. Richard. Well, I have a lot to say about this one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Looking forward to it. Um, so I, I have a view where I put everything on myself to some extent, where my interactions with other people, I always look at 
how how have I, what have I done? What thoughts have I ha- had that could lead a person to behave that way towards me? Which initially sounds like you're taking on other people's stuff. And to some extent you are, but you're, it's more that you're taking responsibility for it. But if you're at a level of such supreme confidence in yourself and in your own being, if you're putting yourself constantly up on a pedestal, none of, none of that is going to affect you. You're, you know, you're not going to take that on. But then the energy that you're putting out, how it is that you're relating to others is going to change because the perception that that person has of you is then going to change. So one of the you're, you're that- saying be a friend to yourself and that that being a friend to yourself gets projected outwards and people will be better friends because you're a friend to yourself. Right. So when you're when you're interacting with someone, if someone is responding to you in a negative way and you respond back with negativity, a sense of low self-confidence, that negativity is just going to increase. But if you're so confident and so a friend to yourself, you're in that state, then you would respond to that negativity with positivity, or as you were saying, Dominique, with openness. And that is what allows that to shift. That's beautiful. I just see if, if people have an edge to them, I'm like, okay, so why are you being such a crankopotamus? <laughs> <laughs> There's times where that's uh, appropriate. I, no, I know. Sometimes you got to be careful. But I, but, I mean, it, it speaks okay. to uh, when Einstein said the the and, I, and it's not a perfect quote, but the level of consciousness that created a problem, you're going to have to solve it with another state of consciousness or thinking in a different way than how that problem occurred. You've, you've got to break through that and think in a different way to find a solution. And so what we're talking about in regards to friendship is creating that state inside of oneself where, where you understand that authenticity of truly being a friend and creating that safe space so that the other person can be heard, you can be heard, and we can, we can push towards solution rather than labeling someone an enemy or, or whatever, labeling the situation. It's really nice to stay in that open space. Yeah, I agree. Good chatter! Good chatter for a Tuesday. Let's take a little break. Eric Salda, the cleaning team, will be back with more after these messages. Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. We are back. It's Erica Salda in the house. And I just, we've been talking this whole show about friendship. Um, my stance on friendships, really, especially with everything that's going on between COVID and Afghanistan and the election, it depends upon how deep our children are in now. They're all going back to school. Everyone has an opinion. And my two minutes, well, uh, I'm going to do this in 10 seconds, is just be respectful for a person's platform. That's it. That's the best friend you could be to anybody. I have so many friends that are so different that I respect them in so many other ways just because 
they got the shot, I didn't get the shot, or whatever. Um, I just totally embrace their decision. And that's all I expect in, 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 uh, in, in this reality is and respect my decision. That's it. That's as simple respect. as it could be. Just respect. That's it. And I will, I will throw out my observations going back, uh, believe it or not, going back all the way to the Cold War and, of course, our animosity towards Russia back then, the USSR. And the stories that I started hearing coming out of that country after the Cold War was over, it was the people. The people did not have a problem with us. And there's a big difference between the people and the government. And we know that in this country, too. And th they th they didn't have a problem with us. That Again, I'm talking about the people. And there were a lot of friendships that were made subsequent to that period of time. So to me, it's I agree with you in terms of the news media. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I love some of these new programs that are on. So, uh, you know, keep keep uh, keep. Friends with people. Okay, keep that attitude. It's all about we, we the people in every That's country. Right. We That's the it. people. That's, That's it. it. Just stand. Just stand by. Look yeah. in a mirror before you look at uh, somebody else. All right? Be respectful. Be respectful. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's make somebody happy today. It's Erica Sala. Thank you all. See you next week. Mother's 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 Mother's